Welcome to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The way I can give support to the world right now is by showing up. Uh, The most important thing is don't think just that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself. Show up. If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is Dr. Nancy's passion and her purpose, and talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of her favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up in my conversations. I build relationship. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Christian F. Nunez is the president of the National Organization of Women, also known as NOW. As the second African-American president in the organization's history, the youngest person of color, and the youngest president in more than 40 years, Nunes is leading now through an intersectional lens, bringing a diverse coalition of grassroots activists to work against structural sexism and racism. Since assuming her role, Christian has launched key initiatives, such as the Unlock the Future campaign, which demands humane treatment for detained immigrant families, in particular, women and girls seeking refuge from sexual violence, assault, and poverty. She led the creation of a Bill of Rights for Immigrant Women and Girls, which has been signed by thousands of supporters and co-sponsors. She is also spearheading racial equity training for all levels of the organization, including NOW's grassroots membership. Now here's Dr. Nancy and her guest, Christian Nunes. You know, uh, we women especially do a lot of comparing and do a lot of what I call stinking thinking, <laughs> which means <laughs> which means we look at someone and we and we we start to decide who they are or what they are, and and we don't really know those things until we actually ask a person to tell us the story of who you are. How did you get to be you? Because you've got an amazing story, and uh, where you are in the history books or will be in the history books, and what you're doing is phenomenal. How'd you get to be you, the person I'm talking today? How'd that, how'd that happen? How did it happen, Christian? You know, it's so crazy. And it's, Dr. Nancy, it's still so crazy too. Sometimes I think that I'm going to be in history books. I still think like, wow, that's so weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, you know, it's so interesting um, in my history and just where I've kind of come to as being the national president of now. You know, I started, like you said, we're both mental health experts. That's our background. Um, I, that was my career. I started with a bachelor's in social work, working in, as actually as a victim advocate. Um, that was my background. And I s- started with the victim advocate, domestic violence advocate, working that way, and then became a mental health therapist. Um, I'm a licensed, licensed clinical social worker by license, working with children and adolescents, and then eventually so working with adults and really just wanting to be that connection, you know, um, for communities that were marginalized, communities of color, marginalized communities, to really be that connect for them and working, and then also doing a lot of community organizing work at the same time. 
But when I was in college, uh, uh, graduate school is when I first had my connection with National Organization for Women, Campus Action Network chapters from friends of mine. We went to a couple of different uh, organizing events, and that's when I first had my experience with NOW. Um, and at that time, I never really considered myself a feminist, so to say. You know, I didn't use the terminology feminist, but my family are very strong women, matriarchal women. And we always believed in supporting women, believed women were able to do whatever they wanted to do, but we never really used the term feminism. And I think that's very true for a lot of traditional Black women households growing up. Um, I'm a 70s baby. Um, so, you know, we really never used those terms. And slowly, I went back after I graduated and got more active in the chapters of feminism. And through that, I was able to truly start really understanding more of how feminism really embraced what I believed in my belief system. I studied it in college, of course, but never really truly started accepting the term until I got further involved in now. Well, that's one of your questions. What is inter intersectional feminism? And, and I'm, I'm curious about how you would define that because, you know, I... I'm not sure that each person has to define feminism for themselves based mm -hmm. on their culture, based on their background, based on where they grew up and who they who they spend their time with. But what how do you define intersectional feminism? What is that? Sure. Um, so I think for me, intersectional feminism is where we truly embrace the inclusion and diversity of feminism. We we understand that every person's journey and experience of Feminism is very different and their experience of oppression impacts what they experience as a woman and what they encounter. So we have to look at those multiple identities as what they're going to experience in their journey um, for equality and for justice and fairness. Intersectional feminism looks at those multiple layers. It looks at the fact that for each woman, they have multiple layers and identities that they wear that are going to change and shift depending on those different identities. And those different identities are going to have different layers of power that control and add to different layers of oppression and discrimination that they're going to experience. So for instance, a woman that might just be a cisgender white woman um, who is experiencing poverty, it may only experience the layer of oppression, discrimination because she's from poverty. But if you look at a woman who is disabled, but also queer, bisexual, she may is going to experience two additional layers of oppression, discrimination for being LGBTQIA, yeah. but also having disability. And if you add being a woman of color on top of that, that's another layer of discrimination, oppression she's going to experience. It's going to shape her experience in this world and what she encounters. It's our responsibility as feminists yeah. to understand that when we're trying to address and share her narrative to make sure she's experiencing quality. Intersectional feminism addresses that and understands that. We don't try to put everyone in one cookie cutter box and say, we all are experiencing the same thing because we're women. No, it's not true. We all have different struggles that we experience. Yeah. Well, and, and for Women Connect for Good, the most important thing that that we do is women support women. And, and I think that, I mean, that was the most simple, most simplistic and most pure way to really define my feminism was basically to support other women and their passion and their efforts and their dreams. And, you know, and, and again, that each person does have their definition. So when did you truly define or have you truly defined yourself as a feminist? When did that occur for you? 
Oh, absolutely. And that would have occurred in my 20s, um, my late 20s. Um, I truly just defined myself as a feminist. Um, I, one of my favorite poets is Audre Lorde. Audre Lorde. And I think that connects with what you say well, um, with your belief that women help women. And one of my favorite quotes, um, Audre Lorde states is talking about, we are not free unless we're all free. And um, my burdens are my, you know, basically if my sister is not free, I'm not free, even if the shackles are not my own. And that really reminds me what you're saying is that women help women, right? Regardless, even if I don't understand that journey, I still have to help my sister. <laughs> I still have to help other women. And Audre Lorde always spoke to that about the power of our role and helping each other regardless if we understand what the other person's going through. Um, and I'm a big fan of her poetry and her activism. And I started really listening to it in my 20s. So that's really where I really started connecting with feminism. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is from her. And so that's kind of how I think I really started connecting with that. I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion was not in my vocabulary until I met an amazing woman. I need to connect you with her, Dr. Sheila Robinson. Maybe you know her. Uh, she is the founder and CEO of Diversity Women's Business Magazine, and she has a conference every year, which is phenomenal. But the majority of the population, it's a very diverse, it's a wonderful population of the, the attendees that occur that come to that. But again, I, I, I was on a panel with a, a beautiful Black woman. Her name was Trudy Bouge bourgeois. And Trudy, the first thing she said to me, she says, what's wrong with you white women? And I remember just mm. kind of looking at she, I guess, and I just met her. I said, she said, what's wrong with you white women? I went and I kind of stood there and waited her. She said, you know, you, you had the, you had, you had everything going for you. What did you do with it? What is wrong with you white women? Why haven't you done anything with your rights? And finally I looked at her and I was just kind of taken back. And I finally, finally looked at her and I said, because I don't think we like each other. And you know what? I think that's part of the problem with women along the way, whatever color. But I think black women definitely are much better sisters than white women. Uh, but white women just do too much comparing. And that's why Women Connect for Good was basically founded, because I want women to know. And this is what you said, and I think it's absolutely correct. I want women to feel empowered to live authentically and not be afraid to use their voice. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this is about, is that... You know, when we when we came together in Washington D.C., that was so powerful. When right. you looked around the room at the diversity and the inclusion in that room, I, you know, to me that that's when I say I think we get it. We're getting it more and more that we can't have these kingdom comes and these silos of this person or that person or that that view or that view. But until we all come together, absolutely, it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna make it not gonna make a difference. You know, I'll right. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Christian, when I when I was growing up, the National Women's History uh, National Organization of Women was um, what's, what's a good word? I, I don't know if you remember me talking about, but see, I was a tomboy, mm -hmm. and I really didn't like being a woman. So the National Organization of Women was kind of one of those things over there that first thing I would think about is bra burning. That was what I would think about. <laughs> You're bra right. burning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't wearing a bra at that time. Believe me, I'm paying for it today. But uh, the point is, is that you know. <laughs> you know, at the point, the point is, is that in our lives at certain organizations were, were known about, but I didn't really understand, I didn't really understand it later in life till I had my own daughters and know that leaving a legacy for them and finding a path for them and a journey for them that they do live authentically and they do have a voice and they do have a seat at the table is what this is about for me now. 
But, you know, we've all had that journey and that pathway, that path that we have to take. And, and nobody gets anywhere easily. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't get there. I didn't get where I didn't get there easily. But, you know, you're you're doing some amazing things. I mean, unlock the future campaign. I mean, Bill of Rights for the immigrant women and girls. I mean, you're doing some amazing things. And with the National Organization of Women, you have the possibility to do so much. So what's most important for you right now? one of the youngest leaders of the National Organization of Women. What is your passion? What do you, what's, what's so important? Thank you for asking me that question, Dr. Nancy. I, you know, right now, I think one of the most important parts for me as leading this organization is to kind of remind people why the National Organization for Women was started. And I think people don't know this, but, you know, we were started in a place for women to connect and have a place for women when they were experiencing racism and sexism. So a lot of our founders were black women and white women. You know, the Reverend Dr. Polly Murray was a founder of now. She's a brilliant woman. We actually just had a quarter release, you know, for her and has done amazing work, was involved with the Brown versus Brown, was involved with starting other organizations, was involved with writing the declaration for uh, Ghana. I mean, just amazing things, you know? And people don't know the stories of some of our brilliant um, co-founders, not just Betty Friedan, Muriel Fox, she's still alive. We have a great relationship to this day. You know, did amazing work, started the Legal Defense Fund. And I think what we have to talk about is why they came together is to have this place for women when they felt like they were outside and the importance of, it was creating a place for sustainability and, and justice and fairness for all parts to advance them in all parts and areas of their life. My place in my role now is important to me is I want women to feel safe and have a safe place to fight and have for equality where they feel safe and they feel heard. Um, as a black woman, I have been in many places where I have not felt heard and I did not feel safe. And it's a constant battle as a Black woman in this world, you know, to feel safe and helpful, heard. And so my role, and I think it's important for me to create a space where we're uplifting the narrative of all women and girls to feel safe and feel heard and their authentic selves, that they don't have to change. We don't want them to change. We want them to be heard as they are, and we value them as they are. Um, so we're not trying to get you to shift for us. We're trying to uplift you as you are and feel value as you are and let you know that you feel safe and we are here to protect you so that you do not face violence or harm or discrimination. So that's part of my mission and my goal and this work that we're doing. And also working to our global collaboration because there's no point for us to only work for equality and justice in the United States of America when this world needs to have global collaboration for justice and equality in this world. That's how we truly achieve equality when everyone has equality. Who I need to connect you to. World Pulse is a global digital uh, platform of women all over the world using their voices and they're talking about their plights in the different countries, but mm -hmm. they're able to really discuss and, and problem solve with one another. Mm -hmm. And they just started a, a wonderful mentoring program. But you know, there are some organizations out there that definitely understand it. We we all have every one of us has our own journey. We have our own right. paths to take, and we have our own uh, our own barriers and 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 things that we have to to uh, conquer and you know what it's a lot more fun when we do it together and we do absolutely it truly understand that where, where do you think we're at you know and I think maybe you know here we are 2024 the equal rights amendment has not been passed so sometimes I get kind of depressed I get I get depressed and I wonder what is wrong Roe versus Wade being thrown out you know you, you just kind of look around and you go what is this about you know it's about keeping women down I mean we we have been kept down way too long 
and these old white men, I'm just I'm tired of old white men keeping keeping women down. But mm -hmm. you know, what's your where do you think we are right now? I mean, you're out there. I mean, I'm I'm out there, but you're out there going from state to state, all over the country, talking to people. What what's the what's the temperature? What's the what's the what's the gauge look like out there right now? Well, you know, I think what it is, is that overwhelmingly people believe in equality. People believe in the right for equality, the right for women to have full quality under the law. People believe that women should have bodily autonomy. People support these things. But what we're seeing is that those who possess and obtain the majority of the power in this country are like, are like you said, you know, traditionally white men, white patriarchy is leading this country and controlling this country. They are they have the most money. You know, right now there's a study that just came out that says majority of the billion of dollars that are occupying the United States of America is occupied by 10 men and they're white men, right? They they occupy majority of the wealth in this country and they're 10 white men. They're making the decisions. And we know the constitution was not written to protect women. They weren't written to protect persons of color, marginalized communities for a reason. It's, you know, when people know your worth and know your value and, and they're afraid of your potential is when they try to oppress you and continue to keep you down. We know what women are capable of. We know what our power, our resilience, what we can accomplish. So if they were allowed, if they gave us this, they gave us this opportunity to be equal under the law. They gave us the opportunity to have full equality and justice and fairness. There's a fear about what we would accomplish because look what we've accomplished without it. So I think that's what we're seeing. But there's also another secret that a lot of people need to be starting to share that there are women that are coming into wealth that, that are definitely going to be there. They have the women are, have the money, but mm -hmm. the women are still letting men control their money. Well, right now, about 80% of products and services in the United States are those decisions are made by women. Mm -hmm. We could control the market tomorrow if we all decided not to buy Tide. You know, my, in my family, we've used Tide. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I got Tide out there in my in my laundry. You know, we we do that stuff. But if every woman said, you know what, we're not going to buy Tide anymore. I mean, we control we could control the market and the media, but women don't do it. So I think that's part of it is that when women come together, like-minded women come together and understand not only their buying power, but their but their just their general power and using their voices and having a seat at the table, which we've got to get more of politically in every sector. We have to have more. You know, California is one of the first uh, states to pass that public boards. Women have to be represented on public boards. Now, if every state did that. There'd be a woman on every public board with a voice making decisions in their communities, but but we're not doing that, and and you know and I know the National Organization of Women. How how much uh, le le legislation do you all get involved with, or is that I'm I'm not familiar with? How much legislation do you get involved with? We're a legislative advocacy org, so we're fully behind legislation. That's what we base our our priorities around. So we have six core issues and we, we are fully involved in legislative advocacy and full front. So we are behind it. We support it. We endorse it. We do calls. We have visits with Congress, congressional members. We are fully pushing in having calls to try to pass legislation. We feel will be in favor of supporting women's equality and rights and, um, and gender equality in all aspects. So we are fully invested in legislative advocacy in all fronts. 
um, the more we push for it, the better we know we will be. You know, don't you think Biden would do well if he passed the passed the legislation for the ERA 28th Amendment to be in, published in the in the U.S. Constitution? Don't they, don't you think that would be good for him? Well, I think <laughs> I think it's Congress. I really think it's on Congress to do it. I mean, you know, I think he can really put some pressure on Congress, but it's really in the hands of Congress to make sure that they're doing what they have to do. And why are they holding it up? You know, why is Congress? not doing what they need to do to make sure that they are doing what their constituents want. The constituents, their voters are telling them they want equal rights amendments ratified and added to the constitution, added to the constitution. They are not listening, you know, so it's really for them to listen to their constituents and say, we're going to protect women. We're going to stand by our word when we came to your communities. Instead, we're here to protect women and we're going to make sure we're protecting women. They are not holding up to their end of the bargain. And not till we have to put pressure on us is Congress and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. Um, too many of them, you know, will come and, and say what they feel like they need to say to get the votes of women, but they don't follow through on supporting women when it comes down to it. I believe that if they do what they're supposed to do, Biden will do his part. Do you, do you think that, that in some ways that they're afraid to support this because of how they would be viewed? I don't get it. I mean, I don't understand it. Other than, like you said, the majority of the of the power is in the hands of, of old white men. But the point is, is though, you know, we're talking about giving that power to everyone. Equality is definitely, uh, you know, and, and I'm not sure that there's there's fear still. Uh, again, with the things that we've been that have been taken away from us, to make sure that we don't have that power, we don't have that seat at the table, and we don't have that voice. And this is 2024. Unfortunately, Dr. Nancy, our, our country has always benefited off of those in power and those who are oppressed. That is how our country structure has been built. And until we dismantle that structure, we will always have those who are trying to keep those oppressed and those who are in full power. And I think that's why we're still seeing this. We have to ha we have to dismantle and disrupt the current structure of how our country's built. It's been built off of power. It's been built off of enslaved, enslaved people. It's been built off of oppression. That's what we've always done. We've had in, indentured servitude of, uh, of disabled people, uh, immigrants, of slaves, of uh, women, I mean, second-class citizen. This is how we've been built. And until we change that mentality, and we still want to keep it because it keeps certain people in power, we have to change that that mentality. We have to have a paradigm shift of how we see things, that we no longer want to live and be a country like that anymore, that we want to be different. We want to be inclusive. We want to be a country of justice where everyone has an opportunity to be valued of equal equality and equal and same, you know, and a full-bodied, full persons. Right now, we don't see people as full persons in this country. And that's the problem. And right now, the people who are controlling and narrating and, and, and just giving disinformation about things, they don't want people to be seen as full persons. So they're fighting very hard because they're operating the power and the money. We have to stop that. We have to push back on that. I think that's what has to happen. Yeah. And the problem is people want to say, no, 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 I care. But do you really care? Because if you did, you would not continue to support that. We have, like you said earlier about women owning a lot. Part of that's cognitive dissonance, right? It's like, we know we have this power, we have this money, we have the potential to shift this narrative, but we still buy into what we've always been told about our roles and what men are telling us and what we, what we think we should do. We have to 
we have to tap into that. We have to do that analysis of ourselves and shift that so that we no longer, you know, <laughs> contribute to these things that are holding us back. We know well, we're not happy about that. No, but I, I, we got, I, I want to see that change before I leave this earth. I, really I do, do too. I, I absolutely too. To have the, you know, and, and, and that, you know, I, when I, when I started, I mean, you know, I remember I was working on a doctorate for my psychology, my clinical psychology degree. And people would, people actually, because I was, I had children, I was going to school and, you know, they say, well, what about your family? I said, excuse me? They said, well, well, what about your family? How does your family feel about you taking all this time to get this, uh, to get this graduate degree? And I looked at them and I thought to myself, this is absolutely bizarre. Instead, instead of someone saying to me, congratulations, how exciting for you to increase your, your credibility, your ability to help the help the world. It was, well, what about, what about your children? What about your family? And, you know, and I think that's still out there, that mentality. If, mm -hmm. if that women start to move away from their traditional roles, it's like, well, what do you think you're doing? And, and, you know, I can't tell you, uh, Christian, I am, so, I am so tired of it. Uh, Corey Bush's name came up on uh, CNN today. And I went, I was like, yeah, Corey Bush. Yeah. We need about 20,000 more Corey Bushes out there and women in, in political positions. And I want, I want to have hope. I want to think there's a finish line somewhere that we, we women, all of us, men, women, boys, girls, that we can finish together. Mm. And when we do that together, this world's going to be a much, much better place. But, but right now it's, uh, it's a little hard to, uh, I, I want to keep my spirits up. And so why don't you give me some great ideas about how to keep my spirits up? How about that? Well, I think you're doing a great job and, and by just starting your organization and saying women support women, because that's the biggest part is that we have to continue to push and, and elevate each other. And we have to be our own cheerleaders, regardless of what we face and what we see. If we support each other and we say, you can do it, you've got this, you know, I stand behind you. I stand in solidarity with you, no matter what you're facing. That is, that is the best thing we can give anybody, right? Is that nurturing, that encouragement, that support that they need to take that next step, whether it's running for office, whether it's starting a business, whether it's just speaking up, whether it's holding their hand when they're speaking out against some injustice, that is, goes so far. That support giving you know, encouragement, helping them feel empowered in their journey. That is the biggest step we can start with a person because it goes so far. And I think just in continuing providing platforms and spaces for people to tell their story and talk and get it out there is, is also what we have to continue to do and organize and mobilize and not give up because we know some of the hardest fought um, journeys and movements have been tough right but because they kept on and yep. they continued on they found victory mm -hmm. and so we have to remind ourselves of that you know we have to remind ourselves of some of the hardest fought battles and movements ended in victory because they did not stop they didn't they did they were unwavered and they continued and that's how we just have to be we have to remind ourselves of that like even in our times of of discouragement it's temporary it's temporary. We're going to continue for it. Is, pain is temporary. We just hold on. That's why I tell myself, I tell my clients that pain is temporary. We just hold on. So we're going to think like that and our journey for equality 
and our journey for justice. It is temporary. The pain is temporary. We just hold on. If we stay together, we say your yeah. arms locked, we will get there. Well, I, I say just wait sometimes or just, you know, moment to moment, it, you know, even an hour, an hour later, things can change. But then I, my other one is, well, why not? You know, no, I, I mean, there, there are many days, though, that, that I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Absolutely. And, and you're right, because the people that I continue to meet, such as yourself and the organizations that that we're connecting and partnering with uh, continues to grow and we're all on the same page and we know what we're doing. We end the fact that we continue to build our communities and build those voices and those seats at the table and make sure that we continue to bring others on to do the same thing. You know, you're right. I mean, I, I th but we don't hear about that. It's like the National Women's History Museum. I'm, I'm on that board. We don't hear the stories of the amazing things that women have done and the abundance that we all come from, Black women, white women that we come from and we're standing on their shoulders. But we need to keep telling those stories of the amazing women who brought us to, the, to this point in our history. Not the ones that have not, not the men that have not, but the people that have brought us to this point in the world. But uh, you know, the National Women's uh, National Organization of Women, we support you. Thank Women you. Connect for Good supports you. Yeah, and we will do whatever we can. So you give us uh, information. We'll continue to do that. Uh, we are meeting with other people in this ERA coalition, which I'm on. Yes. We will continue. You all will continue. We can work together with in that respect. And no, I'm not giving up. But there are some days that. I get really frustrated. That's the word, frustrated. Absolutely. And it's okay. It's okay, right? We just get frustrated and keep going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, and it's okay to feel that way. You know, then you reset and you go, okay, I've got that out of the way and then I'm going to move forward. Well, I want to thank you for what you're doing and, and we just have to continue to work together. And, and again, on those days that you do feel a little down, call, uh, you know, we have the Lift Women Up campaign. We have the Lift oh, campaign that really 52... We will get that information to 52 weeks of how we can lift ourselves and others. If we lift, if we lift as we lift and we lift someone else with us, we would be a much different world. But every time you lift, you lift someone with you. You know, anytime I've ever given anything to anyone, it's always come back to me threefold. It always has every single time. So I'm lifting you today. Christian, yeah. and I want to lift you as, and what you're doing in all capacities. And we would love for you to be a part of that campaign because Absolutely. again, we all need to have, we all need that inspiration, that energy, and that, that special, you know, lift with your wing, you know, the wings under my, you know, have those wings to lift you. So yeah. yeah. And we have a weekly newsletter. We can put that program in our weekly newsletter, my weekly newsletter. I love to support you as well. So it's great. We have to support each other. Absolutely. Today was inspiring. I'm inspired by you. That's why so I do much. what I do. When when I get to meet people like you that are that tenacious, amazing, and and we we can do this. We can do this. We so can do it. We Christian, will. thank you for your time. Thank you so much we for will, having we me. We will continue to connect with each other and let us know if there's anything we can do as well. Thank you so much for your time and having me. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.